When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, this is Jessica Kupferman. Welcome to episode 393. Oh my God, seven episodes away from 400. I cannot believe it. I am your co-host, Jessica Kupferman. With me as always, the reality TV watching, Elsie Escobar. I can't believe that of all the television she does not watch, that reality TV is the one that she does. This is a girl who could not name one pop culture reference ever. If she had to save her life, she would die in a fire. Yes. There's you no correct. way she would be able to name actors, actresses, TV, movies. Yet reality TV is what she enjoys. That's amazing to me. Welcome to Yay. you. How are you? First of all, I wanted to say, for those of you who are not here, first, we do live stream every Monday. We do our very, very best almost every Monday with yes. a little asterisk on top at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So if you ever want to join us on LinkedIn or Facebook or uh, YouTube, which is where we'd love for you to go and watch us do this thing, mm -hmm. um, we are there. And so I just want to say, Jess, you look Really amazing today. This Thank color you. green she is wearing is a beautiful far screen with matching. Y'all, listen, she has got matching nails and they are delicious because not only do they match. Oh, my God. Look at this color. Everybody needs to come to our channel to see this color. Not only does the far screen match her uh, dress, but it also has these little iridescent things that are going along with it that are. Uh, yeah. Little bits of yellow and yeah, gold. Yeah, they change color. Yeah, that's pretty <sighs> cool, huh? Really beautiful. Mooncat alien invasion. Say that again. Mooncat alien alien invasion is what it's called. Mooncat alien invasion. Yeah. And you have to, the key to the, the, the way that this outfit works amazingly is that as she moves her hands, you get a glint of the color of her nails, but you don't actually go like, you don't see the iridescence, but it always like sparkles from far away. I'm trying to, oh. it's hard to, it, it will only so focus good. on me, but the bottle's better because the bottle's like, you can see there's blue. Yeah, yeah. it's gorgeous. I yeah. love that. I Very nice. It's she, a good color for you. So she looks deliciously gorgeous Thanks, and that's so beautiful. nice. I have many uh, meetings and interviews today, so I thought, what the heck, I'll shower, <laughs> put on some, you know. Oh, oh, look, someone said you talked about Mooncat before and I totally bought a bunch and I'm wearing mermaid bait. So for those nice. of you, this is mermaid bait right here. It's almost not identical to Alien Invasion, but if you look like, yeah, it, they're very similar in that they're, they're holographic. very similar. I yeah. love mermaid bait's it. really nice, too, because it's got like a pink purple shimmer under the blue. Oh, hi, Jenny. Yes. Don't you? I knew it would be your style of stuff. Yeah, yeah I bought that I love one. it. This last time, so they have a they have a um, limited edition one, so I had to buy this one, which is called When Hell Freezes Over. Oh, my gosh, dude. And then the other two were sort of on sale. But, yeah, look at that one. It's blue with, like, a Very green. pretty. Ear yeah. Anyway, I'm obsessed. We love it. Yeah, so that's why I look cute, because I've got a bunch of interviews today, and I thought, why not just, you know, go all out? I may as well. 
because you never know what the day is going to bring. And it's getting nice out, even though it's kind of chilly. And I see some leaves budding on my trees out here. And <laughs> spring has sprung. Spring is springing. It is so it nice. Is. I love it. I love it. So, it so all right. we've got lots to discuss today. Why don't we start with your skadoobal? Oh, my God. Do you really want to start with that? Because we can talk about the entire it won't be a time long we're going to watch No, it. we can't because I don't. Watch it, but here, no, no, no. But I have, co- I have context and stuff. I, this is actually does have to do with podcast consumption and creators and the creator economy of which mm-hmm. we are all part of because we're constantly creating content and we're having these conversations and the potential that we have to gain an audience that's based on pop culture or it actually reminded me about being able to really get the scoop on on all kinds of very interesting things that I didn't really know even existed or I could get prior to whatever's happening. So mm-hmm. yes, during the pandemic, just a quick overview, I because like most of us were stuck at home, I bought I think it was Hulu for the first time. I signed up for Hulu what? In, tw- in 2020, I hadn't signed up for anything other than Netflix prior to that. I thought we were sharing Hulu. Uh, no, we were sharing we the are- Verizon. Oh, God. The Verizon thing Sorry. for a while. Yeah. That's fine. So I signed up for Hulu and in looking through Hulu stuff, I thought, oh, my gosh, they have like all of this, like the Kardashians. They had the Kardashians at that time. They had like the Real Housewives and all of these things. And so... I was super bored and hence I literally binge watched all of the Kardashians. I binge watched many seasons of The Real Housewives um, of Beverly Hills. And in doing so, when I was binging that season, there was uh, a couple of episodes that were inserted into the season. So this is something that a lot of people talk about in terms of podcasts, but let's talk about that in a moment. So I watched Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and they had this episode about these young kids that were working at a restaurant and the chaos that was ensuing as they worked at a restaurant. And as you know, I worked at a restaurant for 10 years. Mm -hmm. And hence, when I saw that, I was like, that looks very familiar to me. So I decided to watch what was that called Vanderpump Rules. So then I started watching Vanderpump Rules because it was about these kids at a restaurant. And in watching those first seasons, again, all of this is in 2020. It was reminding me of being, working at a restaurant for 10 years in Beverly Hills. It was like so, I was like, oh my God, yeah, I totally get all of this, except it was so extra, right? So we were a little bit incestuous in there and did some bad stuff, but not... To the degree Whoa. of what was happening there. Okay. So, I, so I got very into it. Again, I binged, watched the majority of Vanderpump until I OD'd because that's what tends to happen. I OD yeah, on stuff same. and then I'm done. And so I put it away, right? And then I kind of uh, started watching the latest season mm-hmm. of Vanderpump Rules just because it just came back. And I was like, mm-hmm. eh. And dude, there was a huge scandal that broke. Like, at the beginning of March. Uh, really? He, like, it astounded everyone. Like, the whole... What, I mean, even CNN reported on it. Because Gotta it's so juice. huge. Okay? I love the juice. So somebody was having an affair with somebody else for seven months. Oh, my God. And nobody knew about it. But it was two of the main people in there that were having an affair with one another. And one of them 
was in a committed relationship with a with their partner for 10 years. And he's the one that was having an affair with this other girl. Mm-hmm. And it broke, it literally broke the internet. Like everybody was ta- has been talking about this, this thing. So it's crazy, the amount, because everybody is so in shock because they, this is not fabricated. This was not something they put in the script. They're now capitalizing on it. But it's because it was like, whoa, right? So after looking at all this stuff, I, of course, started to binge every bit of information like everybody else that wanted to know more because everybody's like, oh my God, I can't, can you believe it? So I've been listening to all kinds of podcasts. I've been watching all kinds of live streams and every live streamer that covers Bravo on YouTube mm-hmm. is talking about this. And I cannot tell you what a blissed out experience it's been to just have gossip happening about this one issue over and over again. And I'm just, and I've discovered so many people who are creating great content on YouTube, people who are podcasting, have their shows on YouTube. I've been binge listening to podcasts about pop culture that I never really listened to before because I want to listen to just this. I'm amazed you're even this involved, frankly. I am so involved because I'm so curious to see how everybody is so like people are showing up and taking pictures and then somebody else is talking about and they're all reporting on each other. So it's this whole thing where it's like, listen, so and so covered it on their podcast. And so we're going to talk about this thing. But if you want to listen to that one, you have to go listen to their podcast. And then the other person's talking about it on their podcast. And so it's this whole podcast posse like that's ecosystem all, yes but and so i'm thinking like what a great way to c- discover other podcasters because you're everybody's jumping to another podcaster that they may not have known about before because everybody wants to know the content so badly yeah. that they will just go and listen to these shows so i'm not saying all of us can really use that tactic because right it's pop culture But I do feel there's something to be said about if in your industry, a topic comes out that everyone is talking about, there's something to be said about going in different places and covering the event and then sending everybody else to go listen to the show somewhere else about Mm -hmm. a topic that you really, really care about, because you never know. I mean, it can like, you'll be discovering other things. So anyway, I've been having a great time. You know, look at, I'm making you fall asleep. No, and, you're not. Uh, I'm just, t- no, I've been sleep training, Isaac. Oh, it's yeah, not that's going right, well. Have. It has nothing that to do with correct. how boring you are. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> no, you're not boring. You're, you are riveting. <laughs> it's just that my little boy will not sleep in his own mother flipping bed. You know, and so, speaking of that, he is, how old is he? Eight? Eight. And I was okay. just going to ask you how old, because I seem to recall this was the most troublesome time for yes, your youngest. Absolutely. Was this age, but I yep. but I but I think they still slept with you until 10. Yep. Right? Um it was like I'm But it thinking, was just you, not Randy. It was just me. It was yeah. 9. I think you know what it was at the at like almost 10. I think it was 10. It was like mm-hmm. right at that t- literally the birthday part. Yeah. Because we kept talking about it and going you know, like Ran was so good with her. 
you know, yeah. it's going to be like, we did all the things like, you know, we got her bedroom ready for her. Like, mm-hmm. not that she didn't have a bedroom, but like, no, but other thing, like, let's get the special this and the special that. And mm-hmm. we did a lot of that stuff and, and build her up to be in a place where she would feel like, I think it's, it's, it's time. And and what ended up happening, I think the thing that actually did it was when her, in her own brain, she had the capacity to choose it. Not yeah. to say that it was hard, like it's that she was yeah, like forcing him is creating anxiety at night, which is creating an even worse situation. Like every night he's like, but can I come in? What time can I come in? Am I allowed to come in? You know, because he put he goes to sleep in his own bed. You know what I like what we did with May May. I think what ended up happening is I would get very angry. Right. Of course, because I was like, I Me need too. to sleep. I'm getting like, so angry. I'm just like. I need to sleep. And then I started to lose my mind and I was like, Aah! and then I remember there was a point there that I kind of gave up. And I, I am too. And so then so what funny. I did is I, I literally said to her, you know what? It's okay. Yeah. I'm just going to be here. It's okay. Come in, like do your best. And I, and I just said like, do your best to make it to this time if you can. But if not, just come in here. And then I just gave her parameters. Like, do you like try not to wake me up? Be as quiet as possible. Like, you know, things like that, where I just, I said that. And I said, in order for me to sleep and for you to sleep, these are the things I need. And I told her Mm -hmm. I need to have my covers this way or like, let's get like, so, and, and don't get so close because what ended up happening is like my temperature started to change because of a whole menopause thing. And I was like, I can't, I can't sleep if you're too close to me because I get super, super hot. So she kind of learned. in the middle of me and Scott. I don't even know how that you guys can deal with it. But, well, but we anyway. have a pretty large bed. I mean, we have a king bed, true. but it's two mattresses because remember yeah. I told you we have the city uppy ones. Yeah, and yeah. he sleeps kind of in the crack in the middle. And actually, he ends up gravitating towards Scott, you know, which is unfortunate for him and fortunate for me. But I don't know how they handle it because like both of them, it's like they heat up at night. It, I used to joke that sleeping with Scott is like sleeping next to a baked potato that's like warming like in a the baked oven. Potato. Yeah. He's so warm and, and Isaac is also so warm. So I'm just like, how do they not sweat to death next yeah. to each other all night? I have no idea. But we have the room. It's the it's the whole bedtime. It's honestly, it's the bedtime process that's annoying mm. because like we go to, we eat dinner and then we get ready for the next day and then we go upstairs and then he takes a shower and we put it in our pajamas. Then we either read a book or watch something together. And then, you know, we, you know, it's time for bed. So we schlep him into his room and then we used to just sit in there for like 20 minutes. He would fall asleep. We would sneak out and we'd have, you know, like however many, you know, if he slept the night, then great. Otherwise, he probably wouldn't come in till like 12, 1 o'clock. And then when his dad got sick, it became like, it became like 1130. And then a couple of weeks would go by and then it was like. 10.30. And now it's like 9.30. Like now he's in there for like a fucking half hour. In fact, two nights ago, we were in his room for like two hours just trying to get him to fall asleep in his own room. And after yeah. a while, you're just like, God, kill me. But again, like you and Randy never, you've never slept in the same bed though, whereas like he and I kind of always have. So like, yeah. you know, and also Scott and I like have a different eating schedule than Isaac because we've been trying to intermittent fast, which means we're like, we're not quite done with the day. When he's going to sleep. So if he comes in our room at nine o'clock, we could be eating like fruit or cheese and, you know, like we try to have a healthy snack before bed. And like, of course, he's starving and he wants to eat it and then he can't fall. It's just a flipping mess. It's so bad right now. 
And we can, you know, we have different therapists working on it. One of them's like, build up his confidence. He can do it. You you guys got it. And then one of them's like, just lock the goddamn door. <laughs> I'm like, I can't do that to him. Yeah, no, I... I can't do it. I did suck it up. And I think that I had the... I did have the space to be able to manage that with just she and I, right? And there was a point... Yeah. And I would t- we would talk about it periodically. So we would do... Like I would let her do it. But what ended up happening though, and that's one of the reasons that I ended up um, going to sleep the way that I did is that Mm -hmm. the reason that, you know, I'm out, (laughs) you know, because you're like, oh, you're always like, are you awake around 10 o'clock? And it's because we come into the bedroom about 9, 9.30. And Mm -hmm. it used to be a lot driven by her because we would go in the bedroom and in the same way that you were talking about um, that you and Scott try to put him to sleep and all that stuff. yeah. That process used to happen on my bed. And so she would go in yeah. and what ended up happening is I was so exhausted that I would just fall asleep. And so yes, we I don't would go fall asleep in, in a chair in his room and we never left. So yeah. that process, it was like I would go to sleep anywhere between nine and ten and we would just go to sleep like we would both go to sleep. And I'd rather sleep than put her to sleep and then I have to get up and go to my bed. Like, no, I can't yeah. do that. So that's so how you we guys did have it. a couple things going for you that I don't. A, you homeschool, and I have to. He True. has to be up and at school by eight o'clock. Two, True. you and Randy have never really slept in the same bed. Like he's always slept right. somewhere else. You sleep with the girls. Scott and I sleep in the same bed. And three, so you're used to that already. And then three, you make other arrangements for being intimate. Whereas, like, oh right, yeah, we do. You know, because you don't sleep in the same bed, you guys have a whole other thing going on with your and it's the best personal by the way. life. All I'm saying is, like, it's the best. It's like I mean, the best it could thing. be the best, but but <laughs> sorry, and I don't want to give too much away about your yeah. life that you don't want me to give away. But like, I don't necessarily have that luxury. I would ha- I, I would have it. to create that luxury. Like, I would yeah. have to look at my calendar and be like, hmm. This looks like a good time where we could fit it in since we're can't ever, ever be, you know, yeah, have relations at night like ever again. So um, that part's been a little difficult, too, just because we never know when he's going to come in or not. So we're just like, can't risk it. Sorry. I like you, but not tonight, baby, because it's too risky. And if he walks in, I think, I mean, I could probably talk my way out of it. Scott would just lose his mind and fall on the floor. Like, he there would just is be like. like it would be he's scary. Too, I think it would be scary to any kid. It would be scary to any kid. I have to say. I mean, we certainly don't want to scare him. Yeah. It would just be you know. weird. It's like, what is happening to my mom? Well, we had a... No, we. he has asked me about sex before. And I told him, you know, I, I dealt with those questions similarly to how I dealt with... When Emily passed away, my daughter died from a heroin addiction. And I told Isaac that she her brain was sick and she took too much medicine... And it made her fall asleep and not wake up. I said the medicine didn't belong to her. You know, like I gave him like a three, four-year-old's version of what happened. So now that he's asked me about sex, I said, people like to hug and kiss each other naked. And he was like, why? And I was like, because that's how, you know, I was like, first of all, because that's how you have babies. But second of all, because, you know, it's nice and it's something adults like to do. And he goes, don't worry, I'll never do it, ever. And I was like, you may think differently when you're older. He's like, no, I won't. And then he, you know, this is also, of course, as he's going to sleep. So then a couple yeah. of minutes go by and he goes, wait, so you and dad did this? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And he goes, 
my dad, my dad got naked and did this with you. And I was like, how do you think you got here? Which actually isn't even true because he was IVF. Yeah, yeah. But I was like, how do you think you got here? And he was like, ugh, I can't believe it. (laughs) He's so disgusted with the whole, but that's all he knows. So like, I think that I could be like, I could get away with with that description if he did walk in on this. I could probably be like, you know, we're just hugging. You know, yeah. and just have him be like, stop, you know, even that yeah. will be traumatic. But he doesn't have to know, like, the yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. until he gets older. So it's still a safe explanation, even though it disgusts him beyond reason. So it's been very challenging. And also, I'm not getting good sleep. And also, I'm starting to do the event thing. When the event gets, the closer the event gets, the weirder my sleep gets. Because I try not to overthink, overanalyze, overstress during the day. So it comes out at night. So 4 a.m., I'll have like a 4 a.m. terror wake up. We'll all be like, I forgot to, you know, whatever. And it's it's like nothing. But in my head, I'll just be like, oh, my God, this is going to cost this much. Where am I going to get it? Or, oh, my God, I forgot to check on this speaker. Or, oh, my God, I forgot to, you know, like I'm just starting to have 4 a.m. like, oh, my gods, I guess. I can't. I don't know what else to call them. But um. Yeah, you know me. I internalize stress because I don't recognize it. So my body just has to like have another outlet. At least I don't have like IBS. I w- that would be much worse. Oh my I'd god! W- That's like, I'd rather yeah. wake up at four in the morning scared than like than constantly be in agony in my stomach. So this is better. This is you know. But it's but sleep. I like. There's something that I remember. If like when I first had the the kids, both of them, and I went through a, a phase of about about four years, I think from the first one to the second one, like that chunk of having babies, mm-hmm. I realized and I recognized how much my health deteriorate deteriorated yeah. during those four months because mm-hmm. of lack of sleep, just lack of sleep, you know? Oh, it's awful. And, yeah. And I remember how hard it was. And from then on, I was like, I am going to just want sleep. And then, you know, it's the thing that it handed like any kind of intimate time with, um, ran, I just remember going, I cannot do this at night because at night I have to sleep. Like, I just remember that that became a thing where I was just like, there's no way because every night, even if it was like one night where I didn't sleep as deeply or as long as I should have, it messed with me. It messed with me so badly. And I think that's why I ended up acquiescing to my kid. Right. Yeah. But she did break through on her own and she was capable of choosing to go in this on to to take this challenge on so i'm not telling you that she was immediately fine like yeah. there was never a point with me even now she's still like that there's never a point where she doesn't feel comfortable like that she's just like gonna go to sleep and everything's gonna be like the way that the rest of us are she always have troubles but she's now able to articulate it with me and we can help her i help her right so she's much more mature weirdly though it's so funny last night (laughs) i'm sleeping right and then i'm like i turn around and i'm like is that is that a human there's a human in my bed (laughs) that would scare the bejesus out of me she totally came in but now she came in so slowly, she didn't even, I didn't even know she crawled into bed. Yeah. So, um, so she, she did. And I go, why Cute. did you come in? And she goes, 
I don't know. She said something like, I looked at, I, I found out it was like 1.30 and I thought I didn't fall asleep, but I guess I did fall asleep. And then I got really, she got anxiety because she really wants to fall asleep. I'm like, sleep is really important to you. You need to go to sleep. And so she did fall asleep, but she woke up at like 1.30 thinking she hadn't fallen asleep. Mm-hmm. And so she got a jolt of adrenaline and she came into my bedroom because... Yeah. She needed to sleep. Yeah, I mean, like, Bonnie says her parents always lock the door. Like, like his ther- like he's taken a bunch of tests recently, and he's suffering from pretty severe separation anxiety, mm. which could be a result of the pandemic, or it could be a result of his sister, or it could be a result of, like, his dad being sick and being in the hospital for a couple days. Or it And could is just- it for both of you? Or one of you, or is it a the cohesive like unit of? The- he doesn't care if it's one of us or the other. If that's what you mean, yeah. Like if I'm away, he's not losing his mind. If Scott's away, he's not losing his mind. Okay. But he just feels safer in our bed, and and I'll not, and I can't, and he he is a little empathic, and I can't, and and to be fully honest, like when he was little, and we should have sleep trained him, I couldn't do it because my other child was unsafe and and mm. not safe, and so. Having him sleep there made me feel better, made me feel safe. Like it soothed um, his father and I, which probably wasn't best for him because now like now he's the one that needs the soothing because we sort of train. And maybe he picks up on the fact that like, I don't care how old he's going to be. I'll probably always feel safer if he's in between us, even if he's 25, just because I mean, it's stupid, but it's like, you know, at least I know he's there and I can sleep better knowing he's not, you know, in trouble somewhere. So it's kind of a mess. It's a mess. Mm. Plus, he's the it's youngest, rough. and they're a pain in the ass, and it's a mess. But and, anyway. yeah, and I mean, I f- I feel you on the bonding part of it. There's a certain level of you know when when I let go of of thinking that May needed to do to be on her own. Like when I let that go, when I was just like, you know what? I hope she's gonna be fine, right? And she did on her own, mm-hmm. advocate for herself and do all the things. But I remember think there was a point there where I was like, I know my kid after seeing these strides, like she just was, she's so good about so many different things and the way that she's matured is really astounding to me. So I knew that she was going to be okay. Yeah. And then there was a point that I was like, she's not going to sleep with me for the rest of her life. I mean, they can't, but the thing is like, they can't sleep with us for the rest of their lives. I mean, clearly he's not going to do that. It's just that at this age, he should be going to summer camp and sleepovers oh, yeah. and Cub Scouts. And he's not able to do those things because we've crippled him or because he's crippling himself in this way. And it's like, I want him to have that skill. I don't want to deny him that skill for my own comfort. So, and you know, his therapist is also like, look, you can't solve every problem for him. If you do, he'll become an enormous drain on society. So no, like, I you, get that. You can't just be like, you know, he can't just feel unsafe and then come to you. He has to learn how to deal with being uncomfortable. Well, I have to say that both of my kids like like, but see, there's a part of me. I, I get that. I I'll completely understand. Yeah. And but I, really I have him seen- get uncomfortable. I've seen mine go through it and I've seen them process it on their meaning they're really uncomfortable and they Mm -hmm. still do the thing like without and they know mom is there. I know Hunter Hunter hates to be sick. They just hate to be sick. Mm -hmm. So when needed, Hunty will come and I know when I get a wake up, mama, I'm 
I'm, I'm not, I'm feeling that heart thing again. Yeah. I go, okay. And then we, we just take it from there. She comes and sleeps with me, you know, it's. Yeah. It's just difficult. Yeah. I don't want him not to be able to self-soothe or figure things out by himself. And I may have been the parent to, like, I'm kind of a controlling person. So if my daughter, you know, because I, you know, if she ever had a problem, I would go and fix it. But I think I created a situation where she couldn't grow her own coping skills because Mm -hmm. I was just like, who's, you know, she was borderline. So she was, she would create an emergency that didn't really exist. And then I would get involved out of anger or frustration or just, you know, who's hurting my kid. And then it would be resolved, but without her input, because she couldn't really do it. Yeah. Like everything was an emergency and a disaster. So like I took care of her, even though you know, it didn't help her grow any coping skills. And I'm probably doing that with him now. Like, if someone's hurting you, I will kill them and I will fix it and I will call someone. And like, therefore, they never have to be uncomfortable. And that's not good that he needs to be able to. God, I mean, I just I don't know how my mother I don't know how she she just put us in her own bed and and to hell with the rest of it. And I just remember laying there staring at the ceiling for hours, probably. But that's why I don't understand why he can't just be like, here's a flashlight, make some shit on the wall. Good night. He doesn't want to have anything to do with it. I'm only telling you that I thought the same thing about May. I was like, you know what? I have no idea what's going to happen. But I got to tell yeah. you, she like did it and yeah, on her I'm own sure terms and too. she can do it. And, you know, and part of of the coping skills mechanism stuff, there are some things that we help with. But that's something that I we often talk about is, yeah, you have to advocate for yourself, like in, in almost every situation for both of them. Especially so like with Maymay with the ADHD stuff and then Hunter with a lot of the act like hyper like sensitivity things that she's got going on that it's like you always have to. And then we talk about it because they, they've had breakdowns and they come back and then we go like, you know what, next time we have to do a better job of advocating yeah. for you. And then maybe these are some things for you to look at these things, yeah, look at these time. things before you do it for next time. And we do our very best. But they are doing it on their own, but I just I tell know. them about it. I don't do it for them. Yeah. It's uncharted water because of the pandemic. I have mm-hmm. no idea how that affected him. I have no idea how the death of Emily affected him. I'll yeah. ne- I won't know until he's older and can really tell me. And that's if he decides to reflect on it. And who knows? So I mean, like, I, so even though I have one therapist, like, just sh- shove him in there and lock the door. And I have the other one being like, let's build up his confidence for these skills. And like, I'm sure both are right. But I don't want to, I'm not going to lock him out because it will probably cause even more trauma than he's already experienced. And who needs that? To me, I remember thinking like, there are some battles I just cannot fight. And the nighttime yeah. battles were the the it's ones hardest. that I just yeah. could not do it. And even now, yeah. like we just had another argument with May and I felt really bad about it because what ends up happening is at night, she wants to have important conversations for her, right? Where she wants to get permission to do something. She yeah, wants Isaac to like, too. want Always to do at night. All, at night. And I'm like, I'm it's, done. Like, I don't want to yeah. have an arg. I don't. And yeah. she keeps on pushing and pushing. And the other day I just too. lost. That's so weird. I, I lost my mind. And I was like, I don't want to talk about this issue right now. I want to yeah. talk about it in the daytime tomorrow. Let's talk about it tomorrow. And it's like she, all of a sudden, everything they're worried about just comes flying out of their mouth. And you need to reassure them about 18 things before they can sleep. And it's like, just hold it in. Well, yeah. I can't solve this for you. Yes. But then, but no, it's not that. It's more like, can I have an extra hour on insert 
oh. game insert. And I'm like, no, we have the, but mom, I really just, and so she starts to do the whole. Yeah. I need she's, to get more She's time. negotiating and arguing. Yes. And I'm lawyer, like, this yeah. is not, I need to go he to sleep. Too. I'm going to get really upset. I'm, and then I got really upset the other day. And so I told her, I cannot have you address these issues in the night. So I get asked things like, what happens if you go through a black hole? Where do you go? Like in space? And I'm like, clearly I've never done that. So how would I know? How would I know? He's like, I don't know. I just thought you would know. And I'm like, if someone went through a black hole, they've not come back to tell us what happens. So you can do and go to bed. Can't you say like, let's do some research tomorrow? Yes, I said, let's talk about it tomorrow. And he's like, all right. And then it'll be something else like that. Like, yeah. What happens when you drown? Where's the body when you drown? Like shit like that. And I'm like, come on. Because he's into Titanic lately. Um, uh, so I'm like, I, I, I couldn't possibly begin to speculate. Could we just go to bed? You know? Oh my God. <laughs> just fucking go to bed. All right. What we do you do think? have something. What? What? No. Should we talk about one podcasting thing today? You think? Possibly. I would like to talk about this. Not you. What is this? Oh, the podcast consumer. Yeah. So is that your choice, though? Or would you rather do the Apple podcast? thing? No, we can do we can do this. The other thing is like, yeah, no. So, folks, let's talk. And I know that we're 42 minutes in. Let's talk about podcasts. Podcast (laughs) consumer 2023. Yeah. No. But listen, the thing the reason that it aligns or how I was going to segue into this is because one of the huge like big piece of news for this thing is that did you see how young the younger population. I did. And I had some comments about it, actually, because. Did like, you now? I did, because later in the study, it shows some interesting and unusual statistics that can be easily explained by the fact that the of, of the age. OK. All right. So let's talk about that. And then you tell me, because I didn't actually go all the way to the end of the I was in the process of looking at that stuff. So it looks like that, you know, the age group from 12 to 34 is really, really growing. So we're before mm-hmm. we start to talk about that, though, guys, we are talking about the podcast consumer 2023 that of uh, the data that has just come out from Edison Infinite Research. Style. Link is going to be in the show notes. For those of you who would like to look at all of this stuff. So it said that the age group of 12 to 34 is really growing. We are currently at 55% monthly podcast listenership with 40% weekly podcast listeners in that age group. And it went down last year, but it actually went up this year again. Not to say that it was too much, but there is that chunk, right? So that part was pretty astounding. Mind you, our age group, which is the 35 to 54, holy crap, that had the biggest amount of growth. It had literally like at seven, eight percent percentage point that it grew from last year to this year. The the only time that it grew almost that much was from nine from 2018 to 2019. And that was seven percentage points, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. So anyway, year. those are some things. Um, it, how tell me about your thoughts of why the. Yeah. Youth so grew so, so much. this year, the age of monthly podcast listeners, and this is people who listen to one in the past month. 50% of those listeners are 12 to 34. But then I also noticed that the education and the household income became a little more separated. For example, it used to be that the majority of podcast listeners made 75K or more household income. 
it used to be that like 70% were college educated and you can't have that if you have 12 year olds as part of the sample group. So, so now that, so now that there are younger people, they're not going to be as affluent Affluent. because they're 12 and they don't have household income and, you know, employ, you know, education and employment. So that's naturally going to go down. It doesn't mean that podcast listeners are getting dumber. They're just younger. And also the employment rate, like 31% are now unemployed. Well, that's because they're teenagers, you know, whereas like I, I noticed that the amount of people who listen to 10 hours or more is much bigger, like 30% of people listen to 10 hours or more a week. Yeah, that's also because they've got nothing else to do because they're young. They're younger. I mean, if half of them are 12. Although, and also let's just say 12 to 34 is an enormous gap. That's a huge. Like, why would it not be tw- 24, not 34? Yes, absolutely. I agree no with you. Sense. That. But mind you, though, one of the key slides here, like a slide 20 that says podcast listeners are an advertiser's dream because they are yes. still more are affluent, still. more employed and more educated than most. Right. Yeah. So I get that. I absolutely get that. Even the younger kids are going to be more tech savvy. They have access to tech, which means they're probably in more affluent families. And they're able to listen for longer, et cetera. So yeah, I mean, they are still great listeners because those kids can be influential with each other, with their parents. It's still a really good audience. It's just interesting that it's now a younger audience. If I were 35, I think I would highly resent being in the same age group as a 16-year-old person. Like that's 30 years. I feel like... We are definitely going to be having this conversation at some point. I don't know if we're going to be having it on She Podcast, but here's another bit that's kind of pissing me off as of late because obviously we're we're getting older. I am older. I am 51 years old. Mm-hmm. And in almost every like survey that I've taken or any data points that you see, there's like all of the things that you're talking about, like even let's say that 12 to 34 is, is, is big, but sometimes they don't. Sometimes they will do yeah. 12 to 24, 24 to, you know, 34, whatever. And then they go 55 plus. Yeah. Like, hello, that's not the same as 70. Right. <laughs> right. And yeah. so especially with 55 to 65, like that age group is so. It's ridiculous. In and- three years, my husband's going to be in the same age bracket as his mother. It's so dumb. It's crazy, right? And so yeah. whenever you see those surveys and they start to do the research, they're going to go like, oh, my God, this. But it's like I'm I'm a 55. Like once yeah. I hit 55, I don't want to be dismissed as all the 55 plus people. Because also 55 is so much different now than it was when these Correct. Cer- like age brackets were made. Correct. Like like 55 is like not retired or out of the game or you know 55 used to be Wilford Brimley for fuck's well, sake exactly and I think and what the ended Golden up Girls ha- absolutely now it's like Goldie Ab- Hawn and yeah yep. I mean there is so much change that has happened in our culture and I think yeah. these are the little bits where you just kind of do it because because everyone else has always because everybody it. else has always done it that's right yeah. and so whenever we are looking at our own demographics for people who are listening to us and being able to hear what's going on it's going to be so much more important to get that demographic that that 55 plus 65 year olds right because there's a mm. lot of us even within our own uh community for she podcasts right now that have podcasts that do have a focus of women over a certain age and when i'm saying a certain age i'm not trying to be nice about age but i'm, I'm just saying like there's a lot of people who are like 
40 something, 50 something, six, you know, and then, then, and there's something to be said about each one of those decades and how we age and the Mm -hmm. importance of having leadership or women who are championing, having diverse conversations after 55 that are Mm -hmm. not clumped together. Right. Cause it's like, Oh, you're 55. Let's talk about end of life. It's like, um, no, Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Going back to what you said about the advertiser's dream, like there's a slide here with um, intrusiveness of advertisements. And for YouTube, it says 43% of people said it's very intrusive. Whereas for podcasts, yeah, for YouTube, 32% for TV, 22% for AM, FM radio, and only 17% for podcasts. That means 46% of people said, I don't mind them at all. That's Can you crazy. imagine? Because I've been uh, consuming a lot more content on YouTube, I'm going to give mm-hmm. you an end user experience for that. So okay. if I'm listening to a podcast that has ads, right? I usually am using uh, my Bluetooth headphones and I'm generally speaking doing something else. Like mm-hmm. I'm washing dishes or I'm moving around doing like that kind of stuff, right? So, oh, ad comes in. I either have my phone in my pocket. So if the pocket was there, I would take it out and really quickly do like 15 seconds forward. And now what I do is I just look at my phone, and it's like literally two seconds of me skipping through the ads. Yeah. It's not intrusive. I don't care if it's playing. I just bing, 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 and I'm done. If I'm watching something on YouTube, Mm -hmm. this is not easy because you go into YouTube and then you're like, got to wait till that little skip thingy pops up at the bottom. And so you have to stop and be like, bink, bink. It's so annoying. And so if I'm watching something like that, (laughs) bink, it sucks. I don't like it because it's built into the system that you can't skip it. So please podcast apps and podcasting people, Please don't make it so that I can't skip the ads like YouTube because it's so annoying. I mean, you can in YouTube if you don't if you pay for premium. I get it. But you can't do that for podcasts though. No. You can't do that. Can't or shouldn't, right? It's so crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, the experience of and there's been a couple times where I all of a sudden forgot and I'm listening to the third ad about mm. something I don't even know. And I'm like, what is happening? What happened to my show? Oh, yeah, yeah. And I have to go. <laughs> you kind of space out. So yeah, people don't even always notice that that, that it's happening, which is kind yeah. of good also, because it, it should yes. blend seamlessly into a show. That's what makes that's what makes podcast advertising good, I think. Well, that... I have to disagree. You think it's it. sneaky, but I'm saying just make it part of the content. And it's, you know, at least at least interesting. I get it. But Jess, the thing that everybody's selling right now in terms of podcast advertising is programmatic. And programmatic is not part of the show. But there's a lot of really wonderful information in here because they really broke down a lot of listenership. They really uh, also broke down the, uh, how do you say, the categories of what people are looking at especially like the top podcast genres by reach, which are... Look how French you were when you said genres. Genres. That was impressive. (laughs) So comedy and society and culture and news and true crime, not surprised, sports and business, like all the same. The top six, seven are not surprising to me at all. 
And you know what I dislike, though? The society Mm -hmm. and culture category. I think that specific category needs to be broken down a little bit more because it's getting to be the put it there if it doesn't fit anywhere else category. Yeah. And I feel that a little like it's too broad of a category. Yeah. And it I do feel that there needs to be more nuance to especially the society and culture one, because some of them are absolutely that they fall into society and culture. But let's pretend let's let's do this. I want to do a show. And in my show, it is going to be sort of like, let's lean into the reality show aspect. So let's say I am going to be doing in an audio journal of my life. And it's going to be like a total reality show type of audio journal that I'm publishing out there. It's going to be called The Elsie Show. Uh, Where does that go? I would put it under society and culture. Right. But there's also the actual society and culture shows that are about social issues or cultural issues or the ones that actually fit in there. Like mine would be under, I don't even know, like where entertainment, but it wouldn't really be entertainment. Is that even in there? It's not even in there. Entertainment. No, it's like lifestyle, society and culture, comedy. I mean, entertainment is, think about that. You can't just do entertainment is drama, true crime. Entertainment is sports. It's everything. Yeah. Entertainment can be anything. Can you believe that sports is entertainment? (laughs) I'm just kidding. I mean, it is, but like, it's unthinkable. I mean, it's a pastime for so many so many I know, folks, I'm just but kidding. I guess I'm bored. But by it's it. like, no, it's just me. look at that. And then they broke down like weekly comedy podcast listeners. So this is a genre, dude. Yeah, this I don't. Is, I think this is just a slice, though, right? Like, because it's not like yeah, they don't have for everything just comedy. I think they focused on comedy just to look at the demographic survey for the it's comedy the number stuff. one genre by reach. And I think that that's probably where they went. Where they went now. I am someone who does not like I have never subscribed to a comedy podcast or mm-hmm. I have only listened to Mar- a Mark Marin podcast episode because of the guests that he had on. Like I never really actively went to listen and his is, I guess, comedy is what mm-hmm. I assume. Um, yeah. I have laughed at podcasts for sure. Like there's been many times that I've actively lost my mind over something that's happening in a podcast Mm -hmm. but it wasn't a comedy podcast it was a podcast and the hosts or whoever's talking did some funny stuff and they said funny things and therefore i lost my mind but it wasn't like this is a comedy podcast right there's been many times where i'm like that's the funniest thing i've ever heard and i literally have looked like a crazy lady laughing hysterically down the street because the podcast I was listening to made me laugh so hard. But again, it wasn't like a podcast episode that I, that was comedy. I don't like that. It's like 62% white people still. There's a lot of white people. Is that because of the, that can't just be because it's comedy. I'm assuming that's just well, because we, we have to look at, well, mind you, it was the comedy. Who know, knows? Though. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it is. I hope Maybe so, but I don't because know. Because are there, I mean, again, People of color 
tend to grow, and especially for comedy, Jess, oh my God, there's such a vast difference. I know. Of our own people telling jokes about our own culture. I know, and, and there's not comedy that many. Doesn't, right. I know. There really literally are not very many non-white men comedy shows. I know. That are famous, right? That are like super on the top. There are some lots of funny with people of color podcast out there, but they're yeah. not top of mind where you're yeah. like, oh, that's yeah. so hilarious. It's a shame though. Yeah. But again, it's such a double-edged sword though. Like I wouldn't. You wouldn't? I don't know. I wouldn't. <laughs> what? No, I'm just thinking about the amount of eyes. Like, I'm not sure I want to be that famous with all over the world. Like, everybody then has the right to say shit. Like, what I was just talking about talking in terms about? of Vanderpump. Like, about, I'm thinking about Van, Vanderpump rules and what's going down with them. So, like, everybody has something to say about that. You don't have to listen to it, ever. No, I'm saying, of oh, really? Especially when yeah. CNN is covering your life. I mean, it's pretty exciting stuff, but if it bothers you, you can tune it out. Of course. Like the one lady, you know, the one woman, she left social for at least a week or two and disappeared. But what I'm saying to you is that with the amount of ears or eyes on your work, you are now scrutinized by You're so already scrutinized, Elsie. Do you know how many people out there are just like, that bitch is so fake. Oh my God. Those two are This annoying. is true, but they're not writing about it and they're not talking about me on their Yet. podcasts. Yet. But you never know. It could happen any day now. Still though, I just don't Would know. you lose sleep if someone was like, those two are the biggest assholes that ever lived? I probably, it's one of the reasons why I don't read Reviews. Yeah, I, I don't think I, and you know me, I cannot stand a negative review. Yeah, I know, because you go crazy I always about that shit. address it and yeah. defend myself yes, and the whole totally. thing. Like, I That's don't like I, it either, but. I don't like it. The more well-known you are, the more possible it is. So it's just part of doing what you do and doing it. If you do it well and people just. take notice, they're going to criticize you. Yeah, but Fuck see, them. that's like, I just, I don't you have it. But you know when people say that kind of stuff, when they're like, we just, you just ignore it. You just don't. And then you think about it. And we, there are some people, I would say, that are equipped in the same way that there are some genes in certain bodies that are better equipped to possibly play sports, right? You, yes. you definitely say like, oh, this Absolutely. person is naturally Gifted, naturally yeah, great yeah. at making sports versus another one right yes. you would never just be like just keep doing it to your kid if your kid was just like not in their body but they really love books better you would never put them in a situation where they had to be doing the sports and are you saying doing the sport. wait i'm minute. saying so if you're you have you're the mentally of, less capable of dealing with criticism yes yes i am i am actually how saying do you that. know this about yourself because i hate it and when it was the last time you even got an onslaught of criticism? It's not onslaught. It's any kind. It's like if somebody says a little something off Someone post something negative about Elsie in the comments right now. Yeah, if so somebody let's does see what like, she Let's see what happens. I get so upset. No, but and I mean, seriously, I get very, and it derails my entire day and I'm looped. My brain cannot let it go and I can't not. It is so hard for me. And especially if somebody has trouble you know with, why? like in our group, like if anybody has trouble in our group 
or is in a position where they're not feeling heard, I can't yeah, you're devastated. let go of it. Like I can't. You know why though? It's dopamine. It's not because you're ruminating. It's because it's the same reason why I want to fight back because I have an, you also have an innate ability to like lash out in a, like for me, like I can, I can lash out in an intelligent and well-spoken way. So I want to do it because it makes my little brain, like my ADHD yeah, but that's brain not very actually, happy. It's not it. It's just, it feels like, I feel it's that whole, what is it? R, R, S, R? Rejection sensitivity perception the, 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 or disorder, disorder or something. Anyway, okay. yeah, but RSD or whatever, that's like really back. Now, Andre- Andrea, like, obviously, so this was a thing for me. I was an actor and I was criticized on a daily basis. Yeah. And I have to tell you, Jess, that was the only time. And the reason I quit is because it was the darkest time of my life. Yeah. I was sleeping oh, till 12 p.m., because and I was in a constant state of anxiety because I had to pick up the phone and I had to go to another audition where yeah. people were not. It's like living a life where you're trying to shine so bright and nobody is actually looking at you yeah, every you day. You don't have to be an actress to feel that. But yeah, exactly. And you. so I I like my whole life. I've been an incredibly positive human. Like I'm very perky for the most part and fairly perky. energetic and, and enthusiastic she, about life. But, it, but yeah, but having that like constant thing, like I was not made for that. And hence I don't have the capacity to deal with that. So things like being the front facing part of negative conversations or critical conversations yeah, I'm not made for that. And I'm not the best person to ask to do that. There are some people who actually, if they're put in that situation, are so eloquent and so calm and can really deliver. Like, I admire that. I yeah. can't do that. Like, I, I just can do it. But I cry I also, yeah. and I become a ball and then it affects oh me for like two weeks. Elsie, didn't they used to tell you, some of them would tell you that you were too Hispanic and then some of them would tell you you're too white? All of them told me that. Yes, correct. Every single one of them. You were either too Hispanic or too white for whatever role you were auditioning for. It's the weirdest thing. And then and the other layer of it, which is really bizarro and horrible. It's like when they couldn't figure out where I was from. And so I was too exotic to be. (laughs) I was too exotic that's so dumb. And I was like, what does that even mean? And it means you're tan with green eyes, so we don't know what you are. Correct. And then here's the other one. You are too pretty to be the main. You are too pretty to be the best friend. But I would well, never be considered right for the right for the lead role. So, you know, it's a constant thing. And I would remember going you're too home. Brown. Going, you're too brown for the lead, but you're too pretty for the friend. So exactly. therefore you get no jobs. Yes. That makes total sense. Yes. And so it was defeat. It was really defeating in so many, because I'd never experienced, but anyway, I don't want to talk about that. All I'm saying is that kind of a thing, like I got, I loop in my own brain and I can't let it go. And I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to do it. Sucks. Anyway, dude, we have to quit. 
let's quit. All right. Thank you guys so much for being with us today. We had a very nice in-person audience. So thank you guys. And thank you for listening today. Listen, listen, it's almost over. The nominations for Sonic Bloom Awards are over on March 31st. So please go to sonicbloomawards.com. Get your nominations and nominate someone for one of the categories so that they can win at She Podcast Live, which is in June, June 19th through the 22nd in Washington, D.C. And if you want tickets for that, ShePodcastLive.com. Please check both of those out. Definitely buy a ticket to that. And we have some news that we'll probably share with you next week about helping us out with the event if you're interested in helping. And But anyway, yeah, so I think that's all the, what's it called again? Calls to action that we have today. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you can always find us on social. We are at She Podcasts everywhere. Pins, pins, pins to talk. <laughs> What the hell is wrong with me? Pinstagram, That's great. It's Pinstagram, Pinstagram, Face Twitter, Pinstagram Talk, Face Twit, Face Twit. Sorry, I can't face. stop. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Pinterest at She Podcast. We should get that um, URL. Go, go see our show notes at ShePodcast.com. Thank you guys so much for being here. We love you. Me now. Bye. <laughs>